Hello, boxing fans around the world. Thank you for joining me once again here on Talk and Fight for another episode of Boxing News Today. And the big headline of the day is, in fact, Anthony Joshua's fight over at the O2 Arena in London will take place because Robert Hellenius, the Nordic Nightmare, has stepped up and accepted the challenge uh, to fight Joshua. This is just a few days, by the way, after Hellenius was fighting in Finland and winning. Uh, uh, and therefore is, uh, I suppose, quite ready uh, to take on Anthony Joshua. But it'd be interesting to see uh, how the uh, fans react, uh, because over in Great Britain, uh, apparently the demand for refunds is uh, quite long. Uh, yeah. So although Anthony Joshua will be uh, in the ring on Saturday, he won't be fighting Dillian White, as we know, who failed a drug test. He will be fighting Robert Hellenius, the Nordic Nightmare, uh, which uh, gives us reason to believe now that the fight between uh, Deontay Wilder and Andy Ruiz Jr. might be able to be settled a lot sooner because Andy Ruiz Jr., as you know, was uh, clamoring to fight uh, Anthony Joshua as opposed to Dillian White once Dillian White had been fa had failed his drug test. So uh, that might be a positive outcome out of the Anthony Joshua affair, uh, not his fault, uh, Dillian White's fault completely, and I hope he does get banned uh, if found guilty of uh, taking banned substances for the rest of his life. Um uh, quickly, um, realistically, uh, as an outcome of this scenario as well, uh, as reported in Boxing247.com, as is often the case when a big-name fighter flunks a drug test either before or after a fight, previous opponents of the busted fighter come out and wonder out loud if there was cheating afoot when they fought the flagged fighter in question. And we saw this quite recently with Conor Ben. Uh, with a number of his early opponents wondering if he had done something untoward in their fight. Uh, ben, we must stress, has insisted his, his innocence all the way. Now, with Dillian White's career in serious jeopardy and his big return fight with Anthony Joshua off due to his drug test coming back adverse, uh, a previous opponent of White's, Jermaine Franklin, is suggesting White, quote, was probably doing it when we fought too. Uh, Franklin, who dropped a close decision against White in the UK back in November of last year, said it pissed him off when fighters use illegal stimulants to gain the upper hand. He said, like he probably used them when we fought um, regarding illegal stimulants. And again, White does insist he's completely innocent and says he will prove it. Uh, Franklin said, uh, I heard this ain't the first time, so I'm figuring he's probably doing it when we fought too. It pissed me off. I got enraged. Uh, we train our whole lives, we give it our all, and then people just come in and take advantage and cheat. It's not fair to the ones that live the sport, the ones that really love and take care of the sport. And we have heard that argument time and time again. That's why I am in favor of banning these cheaters, including Connor Ben, uh, from the sport. Um, the World Boxing Council uh, set the two uh, latest world title bouts to be confirmed uh, this week. Uh, with one purse bid settled and another announced, uh, the super featherweight and minimum weight classes will soon have title defenses made by their respective champions. Uh, the, firstly, the World Boxing Council announced that, by its rules and regulations, a purse bid will be held for the rights to organize the match for the world super featherweight champion, Oshaki Foster. He's been ordered to face mandatory challenger Eduardo Hernandez, ranked number one. Uh, and it will occur on Tuesday, August 8th. That would be today. 
during the weekly press conference in Mexico City. And interesting promoters can participate via Zoom. Uh, in the minimum weight category, we see that WC has held a purse bid for the mandatory straw weight bout between champion Panya Pradbriski from Thailand and interim champ Yudai Shagiko from Japan. Kamida Promotions represents Mr. Fukamachi obtained the rights to promote the bout and the bid amount of 213,000 US dollars outbidding Pech Yindi Boxing Promotions, I imagine out of Thailand, uh, who bid 1,000, sorry, 100,000, 170,000 US dollars, I might say. Uh, so, uh, Pradabriski is coming off a successful defense of his title in June by defeating Japanese challenger Narihito Tanaka by technical knockout in the eighth round. That was held over in Thailand. And Shagyoka won the interim title last April by knocking out former Puerto Rican champ uh, Wilfredo Bimbito Mendez in the seventh round. And that was a, a fight held in Tokyo, Japan. Uh, as we all know, 10% of the total build, bid will be reserved to be paid as a bonus to the winner. Uh, let's move on to a rising star, as we all appreciate in the uh, talk and fight world. Callum Walsh, King Callum Walsh, out of Cork, Ireland, 7-0, six knockouts, will make his first defense of his WBC US Silver Super Welterweight title against El Pitbull, Juan Jose Valesca, 24-4, uh, uh, with 15 knockouts out of Buenos Aires, Argentina, in a scheduled 10-rounder. Uh, a main event, by the way, on Saturday, August 26th at the Commerce Casino in Los Angeles, uh, broadcast globally on UFC Fight Pass. It's being presented by Tom Loeffler's 360 Promotions as part of their acclaimed Hollywood Fight Nights events. And there are tickets available. And uh, the Commerce Court Casino, the world's largest card room and site of the LA Poker Classic, is located uh, on com in, in uh, Commerce, California. Uh, go to their website for, for directions how to get there if you live in the hood. Otherwise, uh, you know, buy your uh, pay-per-view from Fight Pass. Um, let's have a quick look here. Uh, the original opponent for Walsh, by the way, Levon Navarro, suffered a training injury and had to withdraw from the title fight. The more experienced uh, Velasco has battled numerous world champions and top contenders, including Regis Progress, Zachary Okia, uh, Elvis Rodriguez, and Mario Barrios. Uh, the upset-minded Argentinian looks to return to the win column against their heralded Walsh following a hotly contested split decision loss against Flavius Bli on May 5th, 2023, and that was a fight held in Romania. Let's move along to David Benavides. Looks like David Benavides and former two-division world champion Demetrius Andrade will have a fight uh, in either November or December. It'll be interesting to see if this fight actually happens because both guys have recently avoided taking risky fights and neither of them could choose to drag their fight in negotiations to make sure this match doesn't take place. Andre finally gets a good fight after turning down Zach Parker and Janabak Alam Kunuli. Uh, both were bad career moves on Andre's part to turn down those fights because it showed he was being hypocritical and has been complaining about how Canelo Alvarez avoided him and other top guys. Then he's offered tough, tough opposition, turns them down, and chooses to play it safe. Benavides, 
27 and 0, will defend his WBC interim super middleweight title against the unbeaten Andrade, 32 and 0, 19 knockouts, with the winner to be mandatory to champion Canelo Alvarez. Um, says uh, says uh, Julius Julianus, sources close to the operation tell me that David Benavidez will go against Demetrius Andrade in one of the last months of this year. Jaime Munguia's handlers have chosen not to fight Benavidez. Benavidez recently beat former IBF super middleweight champ Caleb Plant in a grueling contest last March. Plant dominated the first half, but then ran out of gas and got worked over in the last six rounds. This fight is happening because Benavidez chose not to take the risky match against WBA regular super middleweight champ David Morrell Jr., who made him look avoidant and scared by not agreeing to face him after he called him out. Morrell exposed a side of Benavidez we hadn't seen, showing that he's not willing to take a risk in a 50-50 fight. Alrighty. When Edgar Berlanga officially announced that he is promoted free agent, practically every prominent figure in the boxing world picked up the phone and gave him a call. From Al Heyman to Oscar De La Hoya, everyone wanted to get their hands on the talented 26-year-old. Although they were all enticing, there was something about Eddie Hearn's offer that made Berlanga double back. Talks may have taken several months, but the super middleweight contender placed pen to paper and agreed to join Hearn's matchroom stable. For Berlanga, the bills weren't simply going to pay themselves, and the Puerto Rican native clearly pointed out that zeros at the end of his matchroom paycheck played a part in his signing. However, it wasn't the biggest reason. For a while now, Berlanga, 21-0, 16 knockouts, has stated that he would love to get his hands on Canelo Alvarez. Hearn, coincidentally, had a track record of working with Alvarez, actually. Just a few short months ago, the longtime promoter facilitated a matchup between Alvarez and John Ryder, with Hearn dangling a showdown against Alvarez in Berlanga's face. The 26-year-old realizing that signing with Hearn would be in his best interest. For the most part, Berlanga's deal with Matchroom had been shrouded in mystery. However, during a recent interview, Berlanga shed a bit of light on his current contract and how he was given full autonomy on its structure and how Alvarez was prom promised to him. Three, said Berlanga, when asked how many fights he's contractually obligated to give Matchroom, and one of those is Canelo. It was either fight one fight, then fight Canelo, or we're going to fight two fights, then fight Canelo. So far, Berlanga took care of business in the first uh, third of his deal, winning a unanimous decision against Jason Quigley. But while it appeared as though he was closer than ever before land to landing a title shot against the sport's biggest star, Alvarez hit the boxing world with unexpected news. Just a few days before taking on Quigley, Alvarez revealed that he had signed a three-fight deal with Al Heyman's premier boxing champions. In the first fight of his new deal, Alvarez will fight, a, fight off against Germal Charlo. That's taking place on September 30th. Nothing is set in stone as of yet in terms of his two subsequent bouts, but names such as David Benavidez, Germal Charlo, Errol Spence Jr., and David Morrell, all of which are connected with PBC, are expected to have a strong shot at landing a showdown against Alvarez. Essentially, Berlanga is the odd man out. Herndo could placate Berlanga by lining him up against the likes of Triple G, Johnny uh, Golovkin, Jaime Munguia, John Ryder, and several others. Yet, for Berlanga, he doesn't understand why everyone is laughing in his face as though he lost his chance to face Alvarez. 
with three fights for Alvarez that will likely be associated with Showtime pay-per-view. Berlanga is convinced that despite Hearn having a non-existent relationship with Heyman, he will face Alvarez at some point next year. He said, I'm going to be one of those three. We can still make that fight happen. Eddie just got to sit down, go over to PBC, Al Heyman, and we get a fight with Showtime pay-per-view. As we all know, Matchroom is currently signed with the zone, so it's going to make it a bit difficult. But I'm sure they can work things out. Money talks, bullshit walks. Okay. GBM Sports is delighted to announce the all-action Doncaster boxing star Reese Mould will give up. Well, oh, sorry, will make the first defense of his WBA Continental Lightweight Championship on Friday, the 6th of October in Sheffield. Uh, he headlines a double title show that also features a fiery Commonwealth Super Flyweight Championship showdown between rivals Emma Dolan and Nicola Hopewell. Uh, rising prospects uh, Naptali Nemhard, Adam Mohammed, Will Crawley, and Noman Hossein with even more talent to be added to the show at a later date to be announced. So, uh, bringing excitement every time he fights, Mould inflicted the first defeat to Bradford rival Hamad Gaz in a pulsating fight back in February this year. So there you go, some good news out of England and some of their rising stars. Let's uh, go across the pond to Maryland that we talked about the other day uh, regarding Tank uh, Davis. Three showdowns uh, featuring a rising prospect and two former title challengers will headline the Showtime Boxing Countdown uh, this upcoming Saturday night, same uh, Saturday, I believe, as Auntie Joshua goes into the ring. From the theater at MGM National Harbor in National Harbor, Maryland, USA. Live action streamed on the Showtime Sports YouTube channel and Facebook page will be taught by rising prospect Michael Angeletti, 8-0, against fellow unbeaten Jonathan Lopez, 8-0. In an eight-round bantamweight affair, the lineup will also see former title challenger Jose Benavidez Jr., 27-2-1, against Sladan Janjanin. He's 36-15, and 15, 26 knockouts, though. In a 10-round middleweight bout, plus former title challenger Damian Vasquez, 16-3-1, against uh, Joel Neil Borez, 12-8-2, uh, in an eight-round bantamweight showdown. These fights precede a Showtime Championship Boxing triple header headlined by former world champion Emmanuel Rodriguez against a streaking contender Melvin Lopez for the vacant IBF bantamweight title. The non-televised undercard lineup will feature former title challenger Jesse Hart facing Elio Trotsky in a 10-round light heavyweight clash. Very good. One last story out of Philadelphia, uh, written by Ken Hisner out of BoxingNews24.com. The city of brotherly love, Philadelphia, has had 34 world boxing champions with the latest to fall from grace. Uh, was WBC and WBO super bantamweight champ Stephen Coolboy Steph Fulton running into a monster in Japan in July in Japan's IBF, WBO, WBC world bantamweight champion Naya Monster Inui, who dethroned Fulton in the eighth. I give give Fulton credit for winning the IBO Super Bantamweight title back in 2019, and two fights later, adding the WBO World Super Bantamweight title in 2021. Fulton made one defense of both titles in 2022, defeating Daniel Roman, 29-3, by the way. And then a little uh, over a year later, met his conqueror, one of the best pound-for-pound boxers in the world in Inui. 
Per the website, Philly Boxing History, Philly's first world champion was Danny Doherty at Bantam in 1900. Uh, one who followed was one of the very best in Philadelphia, Jack O'Brien at Light Heavy in 1905, Harry Lewis at Welter in 1908, and Battling Levinsky at Light Heavy in 1916. Uh, then it took 11 years before Benny Bass captured the feather title in 20, 1927. Another great came along in that year, Tommy Phantom of Philly Lochran at Light Heavy, Midget Wolgast at Fly at 1930, Jenny Jaddick Jr. Welter in 1932, Bob Montgomery Light in 1943, and Percy Bassett at Feather in 1953. Then a personal friend of the authors, Harold Johnson at Light Heavy in 1961, and then came Sonny Liston at Heavy in 1962. In 1963, one of Philadelphia's favorites, Joey Giardelli, uh, became champ at middle. In 1968, the 1964 Olympian champ, Smoke and Joe Frazier became champ. In 1979, Matthew Saad Muhammad became light heavy champ. In 1980, Jolton Jeff Chandler became bantam champ. In 1984, Charlie Choo Choo Brown Won the light title that same year. Terrible Tim Witherspoon from our very own Friday night panel won the heavy title also in that year. I first met him, says the author, at Ali's Deer Lake Camp. In 1986, two became champs in Gary Hinton at Junior Walter and Buster Drayton at Junior Middle as well. In 1980, the 1984 Olympic champ, by the way, Meldrick Taylor, won at Junior Walter in 1988 along with Robert Bam Bam Hines at Junior Middle in 1993. Fred Fearless Pendleton won the world title. And, man, and, says the author, I managed him for one fight, winning the PA Pennsylvania state title in 1985. Then in 1995, Bernard, the executioner Hopkins, took the middle and later the light heavy uh, title, followed by Nate Mr. Miller at Cruiser in the same year. 1997, Charles Hatchett Brewer, won at Super Middle, and was the only one to defend his world title at the legendary Blue Horizon. Um, moving quite along here. My goodness, so many names, so many titles. But let's get along here. Now we come to what I call the most avoided boxer in the welter division, the IBF interim champion, Jerron Boots Ennis, 31-0, with 28 stoppages, chomping at a bit for title against Terrence Crawford. Uh, and whether Bud moves up to super welter or gives a rematch and now former champ errol spence uh, whom he destroyed only time will tell ennis is trained by his father bozy who trained at his other two sons Derek Poo, uh, who held the ibf usba mill title and farah who held the nabf super mill title Ennis has called out crawford but while waiting wants to fight lithuania's imas tanias stanis tonius 1401 who holds a wba regular title Ennis could also be looking at Cuban Jordinius, 54 Milgros Yugas, 27-5, who lost his WBA Super World title to Spence, or Keith one-time Thurman, my choice, 30-1, who lost his WBA Super World title to Manny Pacman Pacquiao, now a promoter. Defeating any one of these three would prepare him better for Crawford if the champ stays at Welter. There you have it, with Philly without and looking for another world champion. All right, boxing fans, thanks for joining me here on Talk and Fight. Appreciate it very much. Remember to like, share, subscribe, hit that notification bell. And we'll see you later on uh, when I join Mike Orr for his show, Knuckle Up at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Thank you.